Welcome to the Explore the Circular Economy podcast by the Ellen MacArthur Foundation. This is the Explore the Circular Economy podcast by the Ellen MacArthur Foundation, where we talk about moving away from a linear take-make-waste economy to one that designs out waste and pollution, keeps products and materials in use, and regenerates natural systems. My name is Laura. I'm part of the Learning Dean at the Foundation, and I am the host of this podcast. I am joined on this episode by three people. My co-host Seb, Fanny Breto, designer and art director at the Foundation, and Emma Hislop, a research-based artist who is also the Foundation's first artist in residence. In this episode, we discuss the role of art and artists in shaping the economy for the better by playing images that illustrate different types of art. I kicked off the conversation by asking Emma to tell us a bit more about her background and how she became the first artist in residence for the foundation. Yeah, so um, I'm really honoured to be chosen for the first artist in residence post. Um, It's so exciting and it feels really pertinent with everything that is going on in the world at the moment, especially with COVID-19. Um, People have a lot more time to consider um, the world around them, as well as various issues, um, one of which being ecology and um, the climate emergency. Um, So working with the foundation and circular economy is just so important for arts and culture, um, which really acts as a connector and a communicator for that and storytelling. Um, so I was brought in through seeing a talk by Joe Isles at the foundation who spoke about um, that cars spend 92% of their time um, stationary and out of use, which blew my mind. Um, and as I looked into circular economy more, it became apparent that that was the term for everything that I look at um, and then I applied for the foundation and had an interview and here we are and it's been really exciting getting to know the team. And we've also got on the line Fanny and Fanny you and I have worked together for six years, um, lucky lucky for you, um, but uh, I guess that what's your, you know, you're, you're a graphic designer here at the Ellen McCarthy Foundation, you work in our digital team, but what's your relationship with art? if that's the right way to put it. Um, hi, Steb. Hi, Laura. Hi, Emma. Hi, everyone. Um, yes, indeed. So I've, I work as a designer and an art director. So as part of my work um, with the foundation, um, I visualize ideas and concepts relating to the circular economy. Um, and I also have an art practice on the sides where I explore um, uh, different ways of seeing and perceiving, like phenomenons such as uh, randomness, complexity, and I'm I'm trying to bring it to my um, graphic design uh, work at the foundation. So, yeah, well, that's the story, I guess. And and this is very interesting. And we said in the beginning that we are going to be talking about art and artists, and we're going to aim to answer that question. But we don't. We want to do this in a very interactive way, right, Seb? 
And we've... What's the point in talking about art and just talking about it? Let's actually look at some art. Exactly. So we've asked both of our speakers to send us some images of examples of art in action. And they actually don't, ha they have no idea of what the other one has sent us or what order we're going to play this. Um, so I think it's the right moment to start. Are we ready? First up, uh, Bruce Willis. What a fantastic film. Who chose this one? So that would be me. Um, so on the screen, you've got um, a screenshot of The Fifth Element, which is my favourite film, um, film with Mila Jovovich and Bruce Willis. Um, Fanny, I don't know, have you seen this film? I have, Emma. I love yes, it. Good. Um, so this film is one of my absolute, absolute favourites. And I picked it because the actual title, The Fifth Element, ties into a lot of the research I've been doing while with the foundation. Um, the fifth element, um, also known as the fifth fundamental force, is ether. Um, that's kind of been written off now through science um, due to like Einstein's theory of relativity, but brought back a little bit more now with new scientists looking at string theory. Um, I'm not going to get too in-depth with that because it might start confusing everyone. I'm already um, slightly confused, Emma, so, uh, <laughs> you know, let's go easy on the, on the string theory. <laughs> so basically, the fifth element um, that you see in the film is Mila Jovovich's character, who's, you know, the key to saving the world. You've got earth, wind, um, fire and water, and she is basically ether, which is the spirit of the world. It's everything that surrounds us, the in-between, the negative space, that presence you feel when the wind blows a certain way. Um, and I thought this film really covers um, the fact that art brings together new perspectives. It's due to that storytelling and subverting of ideas. It gives you new systems of thinking. And in circular economy, systems thinking is, you know, absolutely one of the core things that we need to consider. Um, and this taps into psychology, scientific recent research, and relationships between environment, ecology, technology, and consequences of, um, you know, in the film, a lot of, like, trash lying around. It doesn't hide that fact where other sci-fi films do. And, and Fanny, you, uh, you said you've seen the film. What, um, I mean, there's an interesting kind of thing to talk about in terms of science fiction and when we talk about future change in the world. What do you think of when you think of Fifth Element or this image? Well, I've seen the film like a long time ago, uh, but when I see this image, it reminds me of like, um, um, just thinking about fantasy films or science fiction that indeed like um, a while ago, I had conversations with um, uh, fellow designers and artists thinking, we need more fiction, more science fiction, more different perspectives on what the future could be. Um, good or bad, just to try to imagine different scenarios. So that's what comes to my mind. And, um, and that's what I guess Wolfgang Blau was kind of talking about. One of the things I find always interesting about science fiction is I always think of Blade Runner. They've, they've got robots and Borgs and all sorts mm -hmm. of crazy things going on, but the first scene of the film, Harrison Ford goes and uses a payphone to make the phone call, even though it's, it was, I think it's based in 2020, but it was obviously made in the 1980s or something. Um, so it's amazing how some of the things we can imagine or start to imagine, but some of the things that are quite 
unimaginable, like mm -hmm. mobile phones. This is very fast-paced, guys, so we haven't actually got time to dwell too long exactly. on any particular image. And indeed, the time is up on that one. Oh, my God, yeah. what is this? What is this? Uh, who chose this picture? So I chose this picture. <laughs> so um, this is uh, Björk, an Icelandic music artist. Um, she's considered as a pop star, but she's also quite experimental. So this is this image is from an album cover of one of her recent albums, because Utopia, and uh, called Utopia. And uh, her face is um, has been uh, the the picture has been retouched, but she she plays a lot with self expression and um, and had recently a three D mask. Uh, based, I mean, made based on her face. Um, so she collaborates with um, designers, engineers, um, other artists uh, to experiment constantly uh, with her image. And often, I mean, usually, always, actually, um, there's really strong reflection about what it means to be human, what it means to be alive today, and the relationships with other living beings and the surrounding, the environment. And I think I chose that picture uh, of her because she, uh, because it um, is quite, um, it shows quite well, I mean, it portrays Bjork quite well, but she is for me uh, a really great example of someone who experiments constantly, relentlessly, and collaborates with other people to uh, bring new visions of the world to life. And I think as an approach, as a mindset, she is a huge um, inspiration and great demonstration of what um, it is to experiment and um, in collaboration with others. And this is something that I think is inspiring for when we think about changing the way the economy works, experimentation and, um, and collaboration are key. And um, funny, I actually, when you mentioned you, you might put a, a, an image uh, about her, I, I looked her up um, just to find out a bit more about this artist. And I saw that she has actually filmed a documentary with David Attenborough on the connection between music, um, art, and technology. And, and something he says in this documentary is that um, don't listen to her music when you are tired because it's actually music that will stimulate like thoughts and new ways of thinking about many different things in nature and in life. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to say that, yeah, I was very impressed by her uh, music. Because in some ways it could be quite prototypical, but yeah. there's something about art, the ability to kind of push the boundaries and she's extremely successful. Yeah. Well, it's fast paced, we've got to keep going. Um, I, I don't know what I'm looking at here. It's like three green blocks. Who wants to claim oh responsibility God. for this image? So I chose that photo, Fanny, here. And this is an installation by a French artist called Fabien Léostique. It's called Runes. And what it is, is um, has three blocks that you can see on the picture uh, covered with uh, phytoplankton. Am I pronouncing right? <laughs> no idea. <laughs> Plankton, like for us, it's fine. <laughs> okay, so a small algae that live obviously in the sea. So usually, the, these um, type of algae is invisible to the eye, to the human eye. Um, but because there's so much, uh, you can actually see it. And the idea of, of this installation is that uh, it lives over time. 
So when the installation is first was first set up, uh, the artist uh, put on some algae on those like three blocks with water and light. And over time, as um, um, as people um, enter the exhibition space and bring in particles and air, the temperature changes, the algae start grow, decline sometimes, the colors change. So here on the photo, you see differences in color. It's because the algae re have reacted differently. Or sometimes um, they, apparently there were some of the, some parts of the blocks were attacked by fungi. Um, so this is a reflection on um, life cycle, on um, how, um, how it's possible actually to make something that's invisible visible uh, for humans and how things, how um, uh, you can set conditions for things to grow, but then there are so many factors influencing uh, the life of, um, of a living being, of this algae, uh, that actually you, it's not possible to control all the factors um, and this was, I saw it in Paris and I thought, um, I thought that was a really interesting way to understand, um, the concept of a complex system and how many factors can influence something. You can see it, you can feel it, you can smell it. Uh, it was, it was a really interesting, um, installation. I love the idea that art, uh, in some ways it's about, and firstly, um, maybe I have a question for you about this, Emma, but the, well, there's something about like the way art can emulate that natural sense that actually we don't have control of everything. And actually when you put art into the world, you also don't have control over it. And this exhibition shows it. Um, my question to Emma is actually some people might not think of this as art. Some people might be surprised that in a session about art, we're talking about an, a sort of algae installation. Art is very diverse, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um... It also depends on the setting that you put it in for different audiences to interact. Like with this current webinar, you know, most of the people that are probably checking in are people who have businesses um, and are entrepreneurs who are interested in circular economy and maybe haven't considered art in that way. You know, they might be interested in biodesign and have a connection through algae that way. Um, a really interesting topic to look up as well. Um, but it is how you represent something. So this is taking research out from the lab and into the open sphere for people to connect with and interact with. And when you see something up close and it's generating something that's growing and you're interacting with it, you know, that immersion, that's how you really connect ideas with someone. And it's like inception. You really get under the skin of someone plant that seed and that's how you start to grow innovation and inspiration in the wider audiences and that's definitely what I think the future is for um, the economy as well as the foundation and anyone who's trying to change and diversify the system has to do it through that inception and that's how that kind of work um, starts to become you know almost like dare I say a pandemic of <laughs> wow, spreading you through up the film everyone. Inception exactly. and pandemic. <laughs> what in... do we do now? <laughs> <laughs> we've got to keep uh, moving. We've yeah. got to keep moving. So we've had films, we've had music and installation. What do we have here? Who who chose this photo? So that was me, Emma. Um, so this one, you know, we're getting techy here. So this one is glass. 
um, and glass. I've been learning scientific glass blowing for the past couple of years with um, the Scottish Environmental Resource Centre. I've got um, some of the British Society of Scientific Glass Blowers in there. Shout out to Robert, who is always teaching me, even though I'm a terrible student. Um, and one of the most interesting things I've learned about glass is it isn't a solid. Um, you look at it and you, do you ever really consider why it's transparent? It's because it's an amorphous solid, which is more of a supercooled liquid. Um, like it's always moving, even though it's also static. It's between two skins. And I put this on because I wanted to know what we can take from that. Um, like as an artist, I like to look at different points of interest to take inspiration from the way they, they function. So part of this residency for me is looking at what artistic practices can bring in from the circular economy to implement that in how we work as artists. And for me, glass kind of does this. The way that the molecules of glass move is disorganised. Um, they don't have any structure in terms of how they react. Like, again, the economy, it's not a predictable thing. You can make forecasts, but it does just kind of naturally react. And glass is a natural product, although we can manufacture it. It is something that naturally occurs. And I would like to know where people see this kind of system and this kind of behaviour in other kind of metaphors? Is it in a film you've seen? Is it in an artwork? Is it in everyday life? Where do things move in that similar way to these molecules? Um, and there's also so much to be said for glass as a material, as well as like the work of MIT Media Lab and Nerity Oxman, who's just incredible in looking at different materials like mycelium that can be an alternative to plastic. I think materials are where the future is. And I think um, like it's, it's clear to me that you have a very special relationship with this material. And in the circular economy, we talk a lot about materials and how we can keep them in use and in their, you know, like, so they can retain their, max, their <coughs> maximum like, value for as long as possible. Um, Fanny, do you have a specific material that you also have developed as an artist, a special relationship with and why? It's interesting. I, so I haven't uh, in the same way that uh, uh, you have, Emma, I guess, but I am uh, indeed constantly on the look uh, for, or I have, I think, and I reflect on what, how materials can be used and to what are the type of materials that would make sense in a circular practice. And I've worked a lot with quite, um, I guess, like uh, quite simple materials, like even uh, using um, charcoal a lot um, at the moment, but it, it's a constant um, reflection um, uh, in terms of, yeah, what, uh, what, is, uh, what is the fate or what is the life cycle of a material and what happens afterwards that actually leads me to think about uh, uh, is an art piece eternal? Should it you know, once an artist creates an installation, what happens afterwards? Is it meant to stay static or is it meant to stay um, a piece of like uh, glassware or can it be transformed? Um, that makes me think about uh, the life cycle of a piece of art as well. 
just as uh, we want to think about how art evolves, we have to evolve this picture creature to <laughs> the next image. I think we all know what this is. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you, Fanny's going to tell us different. Fanny, is this what we think it is? Why did you choose this? It, it is. It says the earth. So it's in what, what's special about this one is um, it's um, actually it's one of the most reproduced image in history. And this image, this photograph was taken in the in 1972 by the crew of Apollo 17 spacecraft on its way to the moon. So um, it's called actually this image is so famous. It even has a name. It's called the blue marble. And um, so as such is not a piece of art, but I chose it uh, because it's always nice to do a bit of earth gazing, you know, um, and also because uh, it has a huge importance. I think um, it's had a huge importance in um, changing the way we view the world. And actually um, it's the first time in history that human beings could see the earth the Earth as a singular dynamic system. And actually astronauts who have experienced this view, but live from outer space, have talked about um, a cognitive shift in their minds. So for instance, they could no longer relate to concepts of borders. So home for them was no longer like the United States or, um, or uh, Spain or um, Australia, but rather the Earth. So. Um, and, and scientists since uh, that time have studied this, and it's been called since the overview effect. The, the overview effect is about the cognitive shifts that happened, that, that happened in, in people's mind who have seen the Earth like as a live, complex, uh, dynamic system and, and, I mean, and, and a whole-like system. So I chose it, this image because I think it's beautiful, but to show, I guess, the power that images or, um, or arts have to, uh, I mean, the power arts or images have um, in making us understand or shift our experience of the world, of our environment, and how we see, how we think about uh, what's around us. Um, you just reminded me of something that Kate Rayworth, the author of Donut Economics, always says that this change the pictures and change the world. So I think that summarizes a little bit the impact of, of this image that you just told us about. Um, as a last question, Seb, and I would like to, to ask our two guests, do you think everyone is an artist? Um, so it depends what your term of artist is. I believe everyone can be an artist. I don't think that you just are off the bat, to be honest, which is probably a little bit controversial, but... Um, you know, it, it is a, a branch of knowledge and a study. It takes time as everything. I wouldn't say I'm a guitarist because I can strum it, but um, I definitely think everyone can be and everyone should try and be at some point in their lives. And um, Fanny, if there's, you know, there's one thing we want to take away from this conversation, and this really is just the beginning, it's just an exploration and we've just tried to shed light on a few themes... What's the one thing you might be taking away or the one thing you'd like the audience to take away? Mm, that um, artists uh, or arts help us see ahead 
Um, it's uh, like a, a famous uh, classic poet called Rimbaud said, talked about artists and poets as people who could see ahead, who had vision, who could um, yeah, see ahead and use their intuition to create visions of the world. And one, I think, um, one takeaway for me would be that um, in imagining or in, in trying to transition to a different um, uh to a circular economy, to a different way for the economy to work, uh, we need um, to use our intuition um, to um, be to to think like artists, to be able to um, to proceed to transition and to imagine new ways of thinking and new um, new ways of doing things. So we've talked about the power of art to change perceptions and to imagine things differently. We have also discussed how art can help us experiment with the future and understand how complex systems work. We have clearly seen how diverse art can be, as our guests have mentioned films, music, materials, sculptures or photography. That's all for this episode of the Explore the Circular Economy podcast. We look forward to seeing you again in future episodes. But bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Ellen MacArthur Foundation's Explore the Circular Economy podcast. Don't forget to share, rate and subscribe.